I'm Rachel Thomas, and this is the Hustle vs. Flow podcast. I am so super pumped that you're here, and I cannot wait to show you how to get the ultimate fulfillment out of your career and take it farther than you ever thought possible. Listen, we all love the hustle, but now it's time to tune into that flow and reap all the benefits of your hard work. Join me as I share the mindset techniques to strike an energetic balance to your corporate grind so that you can thrive. You in? Okay, let's do it. Let's find alignment in business and life with the ultimate matchup, hustle versus flow. Hello. Welcome back to the Hustle Versus Flow podcast. We're doing things a little bit differently today because we have our very first guest on the podcast, Mrs. Jamie Johnson. Hello, hello. Hello. Now, I want to read this bio of this amazing woman because she has quite the resume, quite the story. So I'm going to literally read because this is, I don't want to miss any of these amazing tidbits. So... A native of New Orleans, Louisiana, Jamie Johnson's healing journey began in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina destroyed her hometown of New Orleans. Though safe from the devastating effects the storm took on the city, Jamie and her family had to rebuild a completely new life in a new city far from home. In building that life, Jamie decided to go back to school to acquire education, connections, and resources to give back to her community in a number of ways using her unique brand of coaching combined with healing energy resources. Jamie's resilience has been challenged in unimaginable ways throughout her life, having missed the opportunity to complete her college education right after high school in New Orleans, Jamie decided to return to school and ultimately earned a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, while supporting a family and raising kids. She recently added to that resume of Master of Science degree in Organizational Development Psychology, impressive, from Avila University in Kansas City, as well as was certified in Life and Executive Leadership Coaching, a field she's already been working in and passionate about for many years. Jamie is currently employed in the talent management field at a large regional bank where she uses her influence and voice to ensure diversity is not just a goal. Throughout her career, she has had the opportunity to deploy her unique style of coaching to aid in the growth and development of direct reports, leaders, mentees, contractors, customers, and friends alike for years. Wow, Jamie, that is impressive. And I really want to get to, because that's just, that's just scratching the surface, obviously, but I want to get back to this story about Katrina. My goodness. Okay. How, how did this all start? Like, I mean, um, start at the beginning or start wherever you want, but I want to, I want to hear it all. I'm here for it. Uh, well, I grew up in New Orleans. I was actually born in, in Los Angeles, um, grew oh, up nice. in New Orleans. Um, never planned to leave New Orleans. That was never on my radar. Um, Katrina hit when I was about 25. Um, at at that point I had two kids. I had a boyfriend who, um, who I lived with at the time. Um, and we were just trying to decide what to do at like, you know, there's a category five storm coming 
Um, category five storms come in New Orleans about every 20 years. Ugh. And Jeez. so category fives, category fours, category threes, meh. But when they say category five, you're like, okay, Get ready. we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta leave. We can't have a hurricane party. Nope, this time. nope. We gotta, we gotta get moving. Um, so we left. Um, we stayed in a hotel in Houston and wow. just kind of watched the devastation happen. You know, watched the the city flood, and had to figure out what to do. Like, um, we can't go back. Like, literally, the mayor of New Orleans is saying the borders are closed. You cannot come back. And you were renting um, at that time? I'm sorry? You were renting at that time, or do you have a house? I actually was um, a property manager at a 127-unit apartment wow. complex that was halfway through a full renovation. Oh, no. Which was, yeah, it was, it was bad when we went back. But um, so I wasn't renting, but I was living on site, living on right. the property. Um, and, you know, we just kind of had to figure out what to do. And, you know, while we were there in Houston, I got a call from my aunt and she said, you know, that she's from New Orleans. She was like, I bought a couch. Nobody need to come sleep on it. Oh, said, good. Oh, OK, good. we'll come to Leavenworth. She, she actually lives in Leavenworth, Kansas. So we came nice. to Leavenworth. Nice. OK. I was wondering, like, where is yeah. this? How when do we get here? to Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah. So she lives in Leavenworth. Uh, she said she bought a pull-out sofa and somebody needed to come sleep on it. Um, that's awesome. So that's how we got to the Kansas area. And then once we got here, um, there was no, no, you know, we didn't know when we were going to go back, if we were going to go back. So we put the kids in school because it was in the middle of the school year. It was in August. It was early in the school year. Um, we put the kids in school and we found our own apartment and we were like, okay, our jobs are still paying us kind of like emergency. Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, and so we were like, okay, well, we just need to get jobs. We'll have income coming in from our jobs in New Orleans and we'll have income coming in from locally. And, and then that just kind of turned into us not ever going back. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) it's been a journey. So just kind Sounds of like it. it. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, at what point, so you've got two young children at home and mm-hmm. you have obviously started a new job. At what point did you decide, okay, I want to, you know, get my degree and everything because you'd mentioned that you, you didn't go right after high school uh, as you wanted to, but you know, what did that start? Like, when did your education start? What was your passion? Like you went from property management yeah what you know how did you get into what you're doing now and that desire i guess yeah so basically um i was looking for uh i was watching the devastation of katrina and i'm thinking about how the city is going to rebuild if the city is going to rebuild right you know who's coming back um in new orleans i was in interior design i was taking interior design classes nice um, and I applied for the interior design program at KU, did not get accepted. And I found the architecture program at UMKC, um, University of Missouri, Kansas City. Uh-huh. So along with that program, there was a urban planning and design program 
Um, so I looked into both and I just kind of fell in love with the urban planning and design part of it where Absolutely. you are, you know, one of the things that they were talking about at the time was helping cities rebuild from natural disasters, you know, that when I, I called and got more information about the program, that's what they were talking about. They were talking about taking a group of students down to New Orleans to work with community leaders to figure wow. out how to rebuild their neighborhoods. So that's completely so, aligned with you. Obviously. Right. In yeah. literal complete alignment with what just happened in my life. And I'm like, this is perfect. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Let's get it going. So um, that was a four year program in 2005. Um, I actually joined a little late. So I graduated in 2010 um, and it was amazing. Um, there are design studio classes, like they start you with literally the building blocks of design. That's awesome. And then yeah. They, yeah. And then they build you up through, and the, I think probably the, the best thing for the program about me, or for me, was that you actually do work with community leaders. Like I worked with community leaders in the Ivanhoe neighborhood in Kansas City and, you know, uh, Columbus Park, and I worked with community awesome. leaders at 18th and Vine, and it was a really awesome experience. So um, shout out to AUPD. Yeah, uh, that sounds incredible. Planners. Now, yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned, be like, oh, yeah, this feels aligned. Did you yet know or had you kind of really connected with that alignment mm -hmm. of idea? Okay, because I was going to say, I was no, like, wow, that's not, impressive. Not at that point. I mean, yeah. I'm from New Orleans, so the um, there's a lot of connection you know with new orleans and you know the history of voodoo, uh -huh, and voodoo spiritual yeah things oh, and, so cool you know that's so i was familiar with the spiritual realm and the things that go into that but i had not yet um kind of made the transition to understanding it sure for sure. myself yeah taking it um, like mainstream inside of yourself kind of exactly yeah so, oh, so cool. that started it's actually a really interesting story um, that started, so the guy who was my boyfriend later became my husband and we, it didn't work out. We got divorced, but, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, at some point during that whole thing, I decided that I wanted to get a tattoo. Just, you know, so it took me about two years to decide to get a tattoo decide what the design was and find an artist that I liked that I wanted to do it. So what I ended up getting was a mandala. Um, how that came about is at UMKC, there was a exhibit of Buddhist monks doing a sand mandala. So wow. it was at the, the building that I had um, studied at, at UMKC, the AUPD building and um the architecture urban planning and design building and yeah. there was a big space big open space and they were just you know they were tibetan monks on the floor making this really really intricate design with sand and at the end um, part of it is the mandala is usually a circular design has no beginning and no end it symbolizes the impermanence of it symbolizes the cycle of life that okay, things yeah. just keep mm -hmm. going around and around and around. And at the end of the exhibit or at the end of the demonstration, the Buddhist monks blow it away to symbolize the impermanence of life. Uh -huh. And I was like, that is like super like cool. Like I sat there for 
you know, at least an hour just watching them tediously, like the design was super intricate. So, um, so I decided that maybe I could find a mandala symbol that I liked. That resonated. Um, so I work with an artist in Kansas City and I started to study mandalas and wow. that led to Oh. Sorry, we're just freezing a little bit. Oh, can you hear me? I there, can hear you. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think we just caught you started studying mandalas and everything, and that's what yeah. led to your spiritual. Okay, that is yeah, that's a lot deeper than most people's introduction to spirituality. I have to say, yeah, that's pretty. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Mine was like a podcast. I was like, oh, this sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, mine was literally an art art installation. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and and so yeah, mandalas led to yoga, led to mindfulness, led to crystals, and led to you know everything else. So laws of attraction. Yeah. All of that. Well, right. absolutely. And that's, I mean, that kind of leads into you know how we met because of course we met at and fairly recently at yeah. a group yeah. reiki session which yes. i had never done and i you had never either right no it was my first time so this is our first time yeah. and um i dragged my husband kevin along and we had our crystals laying at the end of the mat and i think everyone was just a little bit like okay what do we expect like what's what what's going to happen here i think we're exactly. all on the same page like yeah know that this is going to be transformational but we're not quite sure how and Right, Obviously, right. we're being drawn together at some point, in right. our, and I'm so glad that we have done this. But okay, yeah. so now I want to keep go rolling with this because okay, where did you go from? So you've graduated with this urban planning degree, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then how have you turned that into? Because you went back and got another degree. So where? Yes. At what point? Because you're not working for the bank at this point. You no. are where? Where are we no. in our timeline of Jamie? So, yeah, so, um, so I got the urban planning degree, um, in 2005, there was like a mini recession type deal where cities were not even planning at that point. So they had all these planning projects that they had put on the shelf because there was not a lot of money for municipal projects. Right. Okay. I can't find a job, <laughs> which that's what it basically boiled down to. So, um, so I actually ended up working at um, getting a job with American Airlines. Um, I was the one of the shift managers that just ran the whole um, the whole airline in Kansas City during the, during my shift. I was literally wow. in charge of everything and everybody, and making sure planes got on time, making sure people got on their planes, making sure the luggage. It was a big, big, huge Whoa. operation. Yeah, it sounds like um, it's brief. Yeah, it was a huge operation. It was a lot of, of, of work. I, I was literally clocking, like when you look at your Fitbit, I was literally clocking uh, 10,000 steps before 8 a.m. because I had oh, an early morning Lord. shift. Oh. So I, I would be at work at 3.45, and then by 8 a.m., I had, I had put in about 10,000 steps every morning. So, yeah. Um, kept me fit though. I was just going to say, I was like, man, I need a job that gives me 10 stuff. I'm, I'm sitting right around like 2,500 at the end of the day and exactly. quarantine's not been great, but so, um, okay. Yes. American yeah. So okay. All right. For a while, 
managed at Frontier Airlines for a while, did cargo. So I kind of just got into the aviation world. And once you get in the aviation world, it is hard to get out. Really? Okay. Because yeah. The sure benefits pays are well. great. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard the that. benefits are great. The people are great. You know, it's just kind of hard to get out. So you float from place to place and that kind of thing. So, um, but what happened with all of the jobs, including the one that I had in New Orleans before I left, um, I found myself um, coaching people. So there would be, you know, a supervisor who just got a supervisor job because they were good at their job. And there is a huge cavern. Yep. There's a huge space. I know where you're going with it. Yep. Between being good at your job uh -huh. and being able to lead other people to be good so at their job. True. So, so true. So much space in, in there. So um, I found myself kind of sitting with people, meeting with people, talking to people about um, just leadership and how do you make that transition? How do you make the transition from being a coworker to a manager? Right, right. You know, it's it's not easy. No, sometimes. certainly not. Nope. So um, I'm at my third aviation job. I'm managing a cargo warehouse. I have a team of 30 people under me. And I'm just sitting in my office one day and I was like, I need to find, I need to find a way to like get educated about this. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting paid for it. This is additional. Mm -hmm. Um, so I need to, I need to find a way to get educated and at least, at least, even if I'm not going to charge people for it, at least, um, at least know what I'm doing. Yeah. Is you, the you have the way. proper tools. You're not right, like, that you're I have sending the people tools. off with like aimless, uh, advice and, Ooh, I hope that was good advice. Yeah. 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 Right. I get you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, so I wanted to make sure that I was, uh, you know, coaching properly um, and I found out the funny thing about it is I found out I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Mainly because, and I, and I, we wanted to get to this anyway. Yeah. Um, like there's a difference between mentoring and coaching, um, and providing advice and being a therapist. You know, yep. coaching is its own space in which I, as a coach fully believe in your ability as a client to figure this out on your own. Right. I know you're smart enough. I know you're capable. You know, I hold you in high regard. I am an equal to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm holding your hand and walking you down the path, helping you walk down the path of realization for yourself. And I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. Um, the other distinction is that, you know, unlike therapists, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, we don't deal in trauma. Um, normally. So important. Yep. Yeah. So important. You got to deal with yeah. your stuff before yes. you can take the next yes. step, which is absolutely work through your stories is kind of like what we, you know, I guess in the more spiritual realm, like you got a lot of history. You got to work through that mm -hmm. first before mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. even start to move forward momentum and everything so that's that's awesome yeah. yeah we generally we acknowledge your history acknowledge yeah. your trauma um but if it causes a blockage from you moving forward with whatever goals you set with whatever mm -hmm. um things that you want to accomplish if you have a good coach 
um, that is also not trained in psychology or psychology, um, psychiatry or psychology, then they will refer you to a a, tr- a professional, a trained professional. Yeah, they'll pump the brakes on it. They'll say, well, they'll pump the brakes. Yeah. Right, right. And they'll recognize that there's a blockage and they'll probably bring that up to you and we'll, they'll have a conversation about that. And you can very well, you know, usually I invite clients to come back to me once they're, once they've uh, dealt with that trauma, once they've healed from that trauma. But yeah, once we, once we've uncovered something that's blocking your progress, then, you know, that is where my expertise is, which I, you know. Which I think is incredible because, you know, I, I think there is a lot of stigma around life coaching that it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a, it's just a cheerleader or whatever. But to mm-hmm. be quite honest, like it's, you have a lot of responsibility and you mm-hmm. got a degree, like you took extensive psychology classes so that you mm-hmm. could decipher the difference between, honey, you've got a block and oh no, you're just not motivated. And yeah, I can help you get to where you want to be. And, um, no, I've just, I've always been so intrigued with the, the therapy side of mindset because it's, they're not disconnected. I mean, just because people call this woo woo and everything, it's like Mm -hmm. therapists know that, you know, it's, it is a lot about mindset, but I, I just think it's, well, I don't know, for lack of a better term, beautiful that you're like, I've got this side of it. I can tell you that you're blocked or I can tell you're fine, but Mm -hmm. we can work through that. I'm confident. Mm -hmm. And then we can get you to, you know, to making those intentions and, you know, taking those boxes and everything. So I, that's what, that's what kind of like, whoa, like that's incredible. And I love that you went from something completely different, like the urban planning and then, right. you know, obviously, I mean, that's all of our stories, like whatever will happen, we'll get, we'll get to where we're supposed to be. And obviously for you, that's coaching. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I will tell you that they tie together beautifully when you think about um, leadership in the nonprofit world. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of times in the urban planning world, um, the leaders of movements, the leaders of, you know, we're seeing that right now. Where the leaders of movements are, you know, it takes a lot of energy out of those folks to try to make things happen Mm -hmm. in systems where things are slow or they're stagnant or they're just, you know, they're just the the people in power don't want that to happen for Mm -hmm. this neighborhood or these people or this whatever. That's um, so, yeah, that's a great Facing challenges, yeah. being able to face challenges. And a coach mm-hmm. can really help you in remaining vigilant, you know, and, Clear. Yep. and clearing your space So true. Um, to be able to continue on. So, yeah, I, I love the way they tie together. So, yeah. Now, it's funny because, like, I guess the, the theme of this podcast is mostly about, you know, women in the corporate world. But you, mm-hmm. I feel like you have taken your experience and obviously you've applied it, um, with your coaching, but I mean, let's kind of go back to your, your, your day job, if you will, and kind of talk about a little bit about like, you're using so many different parts of your mind and your experience to ensure Mm -hmm. that this particular company is hiring the right people using your Mm -hmm. energetic intuition Mm -hmm. to say, I know that Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, this is not the place for you or yes, absolutely. We need more of more yeah. people like you type of thing. So I want like, right. just to kind of like walk us through like kind of what you do in your talent management side as well and sure. how that kind of marries, you know, up to it, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, there's a number of things that I do. Uh, my primary job is to consult with managers, managers of people, mm-hmm. and ensure that those employees, that those managers are following policies correctly. Um, they are, I am protecting the employees from managers who may not, who may have issues mm-hmm. with that employee. I am um, ensuring that the managers follow the correct process of things so you know somebody can't just come in my office and be like hey so-and-so did this I want to fire him well that's not how it works first you need to prove to me that whatever they did was you know uh, risky enough you know and then right. there's a law there's process of law that we have to establish you can't just decide to let somebody go um I'm also responsible for making sure that we're hiring the right people in in certain Mm -hmm. instances. Mm -hmm. Um, I have influence in that area. I won't say I'm responsible for it, but I'll say I have influence in that area because we have a whole nother talent acquisition department. What I will say is um, I'm not going to name my company because I don't want to speak for them type deal, but I will say that um, a lot of the, in, in human resources, typically uh, you don't see people like me because the gate there, human resources is the gatekeepers, basically, 100%. in the corporate world. Yep. Yeah. So um, when I'm sitting down with someone and interviewing them, I'm using that intuition, I'm using that energy to, to try to get a sense of who they are, mm-hmm. what they want to do, you know, what their aims are, who they are as a person. Um, so I rely on that intuition a whole lot. Um, rely on the their energy reading a whole lot um, and the things that I've been taught and been learning um, through not only my education but also my spiritual practice mm-hmm. benefits me greatly in that area so um, so yeah no I love my job and I love that the company that I work for um, has recognized that that in the finance industry as a whole, financial services industry as a whole, there's not a lot of diversity at the top. Yep. So um, a lot of the the people of color who work there have been hired in the last five years because they are actively yep. um, trying to make a change and trying to do something about um, that lack of diversity. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it's it's super awesome. It's super awesome to be on the edge of, um, of I don't know what the word is I want to use, but yeah, it's the just move, super yeah. awesome to be on that leading edge Absolutely. of progress. In and that influential. Way. Like yes. you're not just, a, yeah. a, you know, on the sidelines looking like hoping mm-hmm. that they make uh, the right choice yeah. and hoping, and especially yeah. in times like these. Now, yeah. one thing you said that like, you in HR, you probably have a lot of people coming at you like, how do you protect your energy? Like, I, I mean, I yeah. am like a sponge for energy. And if, if I, yeah. if, if somebody's upset, like I will immediately kind of like, I'm empathetic. Yeah, I will get down. right down in the dirt with them. I'm like, what am I doing? Right. Yeah. But like, how, like, what kind of like mindset techniques or, you know, I think we kind of talked about like, you could even mm-hmm. have crystals on your desk at work. Like, how do you keep yourself mm-hmm. balanced? How do you keep yourself clear of all that? How do you, mm-hmm. you know, make mm-hmm. sure because you, you have so much information and education and just so much in your head that you are having to use 
on multifaceted areas of yeah. your, your brain and yeah. while keeping it all just very like zen right yes. i mean do you look at your Absolutely. tattoo what do you do and what do you do? <laughs> not <right>? really <laughs> it's up on my shoulder so no i i don't uh usually it's it's covered but um what i do is i meditate meditate daily um actually nightly um in order to get some sleep and then i wake up in the morning and i meditate i also have this two minute meditation um, that Perfect. I love. Um, yeah. I, there's a there's an app called Insight Timer. Insight there's Timer. We'll have to thousands, put that in the show notes. Yeah. Thousands of meditations on that app. Um, there's one on there that I love. It's called um, Two Minute Meeting Prep. It's like a two minute oh. meeting preparation. So I love that one. It's only two minutes long, so I can just pop my earbuds in. And, awesome. Yeah. And prep for a meeting. Um, there are chakra clearing meditations on there. There are meditations for fear. There's meditations for anxiety. There's meditations for, for that's a great so resource. Shout out to Insight Timer. I don't know who, who, who runs it, but I love it. Yeah, we will um, definitely put that down in yeah. the show notes. That's awesome. I had no yeah. idea about that. Okay, so yeah. do you, okay, and we want to know specifically what was the crystal? Because I know when we had our conversation, you were telling mm -hmm. me you had a crystal on your desk that yes. helps with something very specific. So I have, um, I have a number of crystals. Um, I have, we like crystals. <laughs> we love crystals. That's a so whole other episode. I have blue appetite. I have, um, calcite. Mm -hmm. Um, I love calcite. Um, it is a, it is a solar plexus. It helps with solar plexus, um, chakra, and that helps me be authentic and be myself, mm -hmm. which is to be honest with you, something that, um, Black women don't get to be in the world sometimes mm -hmm. um, because sometimes you want to tone it down or you're afraid to speak out. Um, but I just I just always want to show up as my pure, authentic self, um, regardless of um, who has opinions on that. Um, that's one thing. I also wear my I'm actually wearing it now. My it's in here somewhere. Tree of life. <laughs> uh lapis oh, lazuli yes it's um throat chakra it helps yeah. with the throat chakra to be mm -hmm. able to speak um say what you need to say and say it clearly um so that is an awesome way for me to um use my influence not downplay my influence and use my voice absolutely um, to speak up for whatever i feel like is right i actually have a story about that i just spoke up in a meeting a couple of weeks ago with um we weekly we have a um, staff meeting yeah of course um there are 14 of us total including my uh, nine co-workers and then two managers and then our manager's manager mm -hmm. So that's not 14, but there's some people in there that I'm missing, but either way. Um, it's okay. So, I'm a designer. I'm, I'm not a, a, a mathematician. <laughs> in my book. I, do not, I do not have a degree in math. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, we were talking about the civil unrest that's happening yep. um, and racism. And, you know, our, our CEO sent a beautiful email to the company to yeah. just kind of reaffirm our culture, reaffirm our commitment to inclusion and diversity and um, talk about what we're doing 
to ensure, like I said earlier, that's not just the goal, um, that it is something that we live. And so I got teary-eyed when our, our director brought it up. I couldn't say anything. So a couple weeks later, we're in the same meeting. We have the, we the meeting weekly. Um, we, I, I had a lot going on that day. My energy was all over the place. But I um, put on my home desk, I put my, I put my pendant on, and I had my blue appetite, and I also had my rose quartz because I really wanted to open my heart and speak from my heart. So mm -hmm. rose quartz is an excellent heart chakra um, crystal that, that allows you to not only open your heart and be accepting, but also be, uh, again, be authentic. Yeah. So I said to them, I talked to them about um, a, a conversation that I had with a young lady who's really not dealing with all of this very well. Um, and her manager recognized that. Um, the young lady I spoke to is African-American. Mm -hmm. Her manager is not. Her manager cares about her deeply. And she said, I asked her if she's okay. She said she's okay but I know she's not, I can see she's not okay. And she's not dealing with this. And I don't know how to talk to her about this. I need your help. I need help helping her. And I thought that was beautiful. Absolutely. So I talked to them about that. And what I said to them is that we've got to understand that um, right now, Black Americans, African Americans are, are dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. And it's a complex grief because it keeps happening mm -hmm. and keeps happening. And nobody really is paying attention to it except for the people who are affected by it. Um, and we've got to understand that grief is, there's, there's a cycle of grief. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote a book on grief, um, on death and dying. And then she wrote a book on grief and grieving. Um, she wrote a number of books, but the cycle of grief includes um, anger, depression, acceptance, bargaining. Um, there's there's another one that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. So important though. Mm -hmm. Yes. But everyone's dealing those, with it differently. Yep. Exactly. And everybody's mm -hmm. dealing with it differently. All of those are absolutely normal. Mm -hmm. So as a group of talent management consultants who advise managers who are dealing with people, we have to, I, I challenge my coworkers to be careful how they respond mm -hmm. when yep. somebody comes to them and says, someone's angry yeah. and I don't know how to deal with it versus they're sad and I don't know how to deal with it versus, you know, they're acting like nothing's going on at all and I'm trying to talk to them about it and understand that what's happening is that people are grieving. Absolutely. People are grieving. They may be grieving for, and I'm not just talking about black people, actually, you know, black people are grieving, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm getting the education. I've had some conversations, some eye-opening conversations that there is a huge segregation of knowledge mm -hmm. around black history 100%. and American history. It's not, not, not knowing, like you don't yeah. know what you don't know yeah. and you yeah. just have to have a conversation. Right. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there are some um, what I would consider a common, common knowledge of Black history that I'm finding out that a lot of my friends who are not Black people had no idea. 
You know, yep. I spoke with I spoke with a woman last week who had no idea who Emmett Till was. Um, Ruby Bridges, the six-year-old girl who integrated, who was the first first black person to integrate at all white school. She was six years old. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the struggles that her her parents and her family dealt with. You know, there were people who do not know that story. So when we talk about grief, when we talk about um, the cycle of grief. Yes, Black people are grieving, but white people are also mm-hmm. going through a grieving process, learning that, you know, there's this history that they don't know. There's this, yep. It's literally like finding out somebody you love is an absolutely evil person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, it's that waking up, you know, you're grieving what you thought was your... Trying to process um, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's hard to process as well. That's so hard to process. And then trying to in turn educate your children on that, like yeah. having no idea that these stories even happened, yeah. trying to collect them as quickly as possible, process yeah. them yourself, yeah. and then in turn educate your children so that, you know, like, hey, and as quickly as possible, really, right. like, hey, we, we have this responsibility, and where do you start? What do you, you know, and I think. Like I had kind of mentioned before, it's just all in a conversation, just listening, yeah. like, and yeah. I love the cycle of grief and just identifying, like, you have to know that everyone is in a different place. Everyone yes. is, is grieving yeah. differently and we'll process yeah. that differently. That's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a collective grief. We're all grieving together and we're all in a different, different place, you know, and I think, I think we all have to understand that. You know, I've been having some amazing conversations with people. Um, I've also had some not so fun conversations with people. I bet. But, but you know, just just having that, um, just having the conversation is 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 like you're finally listening. You're finally hearing uh-huh. us. And I know it's hard, and I know it's uncomfortable, but it's going to bring us all to a better place. Oh, I, I truly believe that it's going to bring us all to a better place. So. And speaking of that better place, like I, you know, I kind of want to get into like, obviously you're coaching and you're, you've kind of told us a little bit about, you know, the clients that you have taken on or the clients you'd like to take on. But I mean, you also have a bunch of other stuff going on. You've got your job, you've got three children, you have your coaching business. And um, I know you've mentioned to me that you're pretty active in your sorority. Tell me about the things that you're doing outside of, you know, all these different roles that you're playing as mother, as, you know, talent acquisition, as, mm-hmm. you know, like what I, I kind of want to hear, like what, because that's a big part, especially for you. It, it sounds like you're expelling a lot of energy to this one thing, which is what you're being called to do right now, obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, I've been fighting this calling for a long time. Let me just first say that. Um, you know, just everybody has their process of finding their purpose and finding their calling. And, um, you know, I have been, I have been a part of some sort of social action probably since I was like five years old. Like the first you know, the first thing I remember about anything social action was my mom literally taking me into the voting booth with her. Um, it was me and my sister, and we would go in the voting booth with her, and I got to press the button. Well, we switched off, but I got to press the buttons for the candidate that she was voting for, mm-hmm. and then my sister got to hit the big 
read, cast your vote button. Uh. <laughs> so we picked everybody and then submit. And, um, you know, that was, and that was, of course, that was the electronic voting booth before it was the, you know, turn the lever uh-huh. knobs um, and then pull the whatever it's called. But, you know, I've, I've literally been a part of this my whole life. Um, my dad was a, you know, he marched for the right to vote um, in Alabama, uh, Fort Deposit, Alabama. He grew up in Fort Deposit, Alabama, marched in Birmingham. Uh, wow. My mom was organizing communities when we were little kids. Um, we were a part of a city council race that was divided by literally like 26 votes. This is in your blood. Um, this is this is a legacy that you've been yeah depressing for too legacy. long. It sounds like it entirely, entirely. You know, and I I will I won't call it suppressing. I was raising kids. So, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, you know, hey, I had good, little kids. Good so for you. Yep. My kids. Yep. Are, yeah. Yeah. I was I was being a responsible mom and not uh you know doing that. But absolutely. Uh, but now my kids are like 19 and 17 and nine. So they can make their own sandwiches and I can go do some other work. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I am a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, and, and we have, and we also have a legacy of, of, um, social action. Mm-hmm. Um, our first official, uh, act as a sorority, as a uh, official or- organized sorority, was a suffragist march. So you know, I mean, it's it's just something that I've not only grown up doing. It's something that uh, the organizations that I'm choosing to be a part of have a history of doing. Um, and you know, I just got named for my. My little chapter in Leavenworth just got named uh, Social Action Committee Chair, so uh, I'm awesome. excited about Congratulations. that. Congratulations, that's um, awesome. Just recently, thank you, just recently we had um, a march in Parkville. I don't live in Parkville proper. I live just outside the city limit, like I could walk to the city line. Same here. But, but before we move, we live, I, yeah. I know, just a, a wonderful community. We just live right yes. outside too, but it's, um, right. love that right. community. Right, right. Yeah. But they just did a unity march two, a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. Today's Sunday. Actually, it was a week ago today. I know. They what, did what's the, happening? Um, yeah, yeah, time's flying right now. Um, they did the unity march. Um, I spoke with the mayor. I spoke with, uh, are some um, happening oh we're just breaking up just a little bit can you hear me still yeah i can hear you fine. oh perfect okay good 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 okay so, uh, no you're good no it just um the last thing i heard you i had the opportunity to speak with the mayor and then we started okay. to break yeah. up a little bit yep okay so uh, after the march, I had the opportunity to speak with the mayor, um, gave her my business card, told her that I was available if she needed anything. Nice. I do work in human resources. So even if they need a consultant to come in and, you know, kind of review their hiring practices and see if they have um, diversity concerns, um, 
uh, I spoke with the organizers of the march. So shout out to Channing and Stephanie Doss, um, who organized the march in literally like one week. Wow. Um, I saw pictures. It looked incredible. It great was turnout. Incredible. It was. It was about. I think I want to say it was between like five and six hundred people. That's it awesome. was incredible for for Little Bee Parkville. It was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to them. There's some community involvement initiatives that are coming up. Some committees that may, maybe need to be formed. And and um, I told her that I would be available to do whatever she needed me to do or sit on committees. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about all of that. Um, I love that. And I and I know you mentioned because we talked about this how. You thought that it was obviously your calling because you have passion for this. You have a background mm-hmm. in it. I know you mentioned that you're, um, you grew up watching your parents, you know, be very active in their own communities. But one thing that really stuck out for me is how you looked at it. Like you are the perfect person for this because you're bringing your practices with it. Like you're bringing that love, you're right. bringing that balance. You're bringing yes. that, you know, yeah. it's, I, yeah. I need this to come from a very specific place and I need to make right. sure that I'm helping recharge people's energy because yes. you, like yes. you said, it can get drained so quickly. And you know, the, the worst news can just really downward spiral anyone. And I think Absolutely. that's so important that someone like you is not just, again, not just using your experience with, you know, your HR experience, you know, and things like that. You're really saying, okay, I am the perfect person for this. I want to step up because I know how draining this can be and I want to help. And I just, I, I love that, you know, being involved and everything. Now I want to ask, and I want you to be able to kind of give your own shout out here. How can people, you know, contact you? How can they get involved? How can they collaborate with you? Or, you know, what, what's your, give us a little rundown. We, how do people find out? How do they find you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is J J O I three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook as Jamie Johnson. I am developing a page because, um, even though I've been coaching for a long time, I've never actually jumped into the business side of it. Yep. Like it's all word of mouth. Do marketing mm-hmm. and do, yeah. It's always, always, yep. all, Which, all has been word of mouth and I've done well there, yeah. but, um, it's time to start getting, uh, you know, serious about the business side of it. So I am in development of a website right now. My website will be celestial grace so c-e-l-e-s-t-i-a-l grace we'll put put this down Um, in the show notes no need to be jotting something down but yeah Yeah, i'll put all of jamie's contact info below now jamie before we wrap up um you shared with me a number of kind of quotes from your grandparents. And I said, you've got to, you got to wrap us up with one of them. Mm -hmm. And you you Mm -hmm. told me you'd choose one. And I, man, you've got several, but give us one, some wisdom from your grandfather. Yeah. So my grandpa used to say all the time. So he used to, him and my grandmother actually used to give us these things. And we thought they were just like, you know, advice Uh in the moment, but they were actually life lessons. Um, and I'm sure my Aunt Judy will be listening to this podcast because I told her about it. She's super excited. But my grandpa used to say, um, you got to stop and throw the ball. And we used to think, you know, we did a lot of road tripping. We actually thought he meant like pull on the side of the highway and, you know, get out the softball and, you know, play catch or something. That's not what he meant at all. And I think it, it 
even more is in alignment with you know why I do this work. Um, you gotta rest. You have to enjoy the yeah. fruits of your labor. You gotta work. Yes, you gotta have an incredible work ethic, but you also gotta sit down and be quiet and be, be still sometimes mm -hmm. and just enjoy. Um, you know, be mindful and just enjoy what's going on around you. And, you know, I just, that's one lesson that I carry with me. There's a thousand of them that they used to say, but that's one that I carry with me every day. I love it. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jamie, for telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and being our very first guest on the Hustle Versus Flow podcast. Again, we Thank will you. link all the information about Jamie in the show notes. I can't wait to see what you do next and like how yeah. far you can take it. So thank you yeah. Jane, again. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I'm yes, super of course. Excited. Thanks guys. We can tune in next week. Uh, a new episode is released every Friday where we have simple mindset techniques that you can use to make big impacts in your life. Thanks again, Jamie. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today and don't forget to tune in next Friday as we continue talking about the practical ways you can make your mind hustle for you. If you like what you heard, I would be so excited if you could leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share your biggest takeaways. Speaking of takeaways, I'd love to continue the conversation over on Facebook or Instagram at Hustle versus Flow where I'll share with you some of my favorite books, quotes, and even products like Revive Essential Oils. Right now, I have an awesome 10% off code for first-time customers, HBF Revive 10. Until next time, I'm Rachel Thomas with Hustle vs. Flow.